Welcome back, Brando, to the Great Dive Mailbag Podcast. It's great to be back, James. It seems like we've never left in many ways. So a couple of weeks ago, we went through some viewer mail, some listener mail, and we keep getting more. So even though Brando and I are both old enough to have learned how to type using the QWERTY method back in our early youngster days. Speak for yourself. I, I used the... You're, 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 you're a hunter and pecker? You're yes. not a QWERTY typer? I'm not a QWERTY I, typer. I'm an official QWERTY typer. I took one QWERTY typing class and I was like, okay, I'm faster with my two fingers than, than the QWERTY. All the kids out there listening to you are like, here the boomers go again. <laughs> Everybody knows you type with your thumbs. <laughs> Neither one of us are boomers, James. They gotta, I know, they, but the older but the older we get, I, I feel more and more boomery. When I when I really want to just grab the kids by the the shirt collar and force them to listen to some Ramones or something <laughs> worthwhile. Here we go. I just shake them. Back in my day, <laughs> that's not a boomer thing. That's just getting older and wiser thing. Boomers just happen to be getting older and wiser. I know, but the kids nowadays, anytime you tell them something from experience, they go, okay, Boomer. Well, that's the only thing they've got to say back. They're dumbasses. Because <laughs> 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 they dumbasses. Well, okay, any, any kid that discounts experience speaks before he thinks kind of thing. Well, it's typical. I was young. I still do it sometimes. But I try not to, whereas I think uh, the younger you are, it doesn't even occur to you that you possibly and quite possibly would be wrong and might not know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I, I think that is um, I don't I wouldn't so much as say it's a it's an age or a um, generational thing as much as it is. It's a it's a age and a newness thing often. It's a personality trait in many ways. Yes. I mean, I look at scuba diving. How many people you know get into scuba diving and they're here for five minutes and uh, they'll <laughs> just get right out and start telling everybody how to do something. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, there's no shortage of internet experts. If if anything, the, I would say the internet has cut the generational gap. Yes. In that respect, for sure. I think uh, as the web develops in the in the next coming decades, that's one thing that needs to be fixed: is the the, the way to validate an opinion. Yeah, they've tried from being absolute nonsensical, inexperienced yeah. horseshit, seahorse shit, seahorse so shit. Say, yes. Um, to to be be able to understand that it's something that comes from a bit of know how, been there, done that versus I've read about it or heard about it a couple times. I'm just going to keep regurgitating this bull shark shit. The, there's the internet experts that what I have found, and I dealt with a lot of them during my teaching years with the uh, old GUE there. The internet experts, uh, there's an inverse relationship to the amount they post and the amount they do. So 1,000 posts have 10 dives kind of thing. But they're posting as an expert in the diving forums. But you find out that person does that in everything they do. They become an expert because they read everything online, watch a couple of YouTube videos, and then pair it 
what they saw or heard. And, and now they're the expert. While if you ask them to go, hey, let's go do this dive to 60 feet, you're going to remove and replace your mask covering at 40 feet. No, no. Doom is about to, <laughs> about to take over that dive. Right, right, right. So your, your theory is that the, the person that's in every forum, every group, yeah. in scuba diving, commenting away, that you, you see their name over and over and over again, is also in every other group on the, on the yes. probably in every other forum. He's on also Quora, in- he's on Reddit, <laughs> he's on all these places giving advice. He's on the Google reviews. You don't want to do that. <laughs> he's a, he's that he's that Yelper. He's, yes, he's, a, he's on Yelp. He's an expert. The instant insta expert. Let me tell you about General Zoe's chicken. Uh, <laughs> uh, everybody knows there's a difference between using frozen broccoli and fresh broccoli in General Zoe's chicken, and I know frozen broccoli when I've had frozen broccoli. I will tell you, my great 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 grandfather General Zoe would would not deal with this very well. No God-fearing man would, would eat a General Zoe's with farm-raised broccoli not produced in the, the uh, Great Plains of America, shipped in shipped in from a foreign country. I thought you would say the, the Zhejiang territories of China, where General Zhou and myself and our family has lived for years and years, decades generations and he was famous for his chicken general Tso retreated and surrendered at one of his battles and that's why they call him general Tso's chicken is this guy also <laughs> like on every facebook or uh, on every youtube stock market uh oh post, uh... there's a bunch of those there's a bunch of those dude i don't know anybody that espouses uh expertise in an area that they've been doing i don't care for you know can't possibly have the experience to be spewing forth parroting stuff. So I, I get it. You read somebody else's who may actually know what they're talking about, and, and you're you you are going to parrot it. But you're probably going to le- leave out fine details. And then when the person comes back with a question about what you said, you're dead in the water. There now you have to go find the guy that you're parroting, and you have to find out if he's explained himself. You know, it's interesting when I was. A young kid in my early twenties, and uh, really into that martial art I was doing. Yeah, we. Uh, I guess you get it over there too in, in that whole community. You know, a guy watches yeah, it's UFC. You know, you know watches yes. UFC pay per view for yeah. with his buddies one <laughs> one Friday night. <laughs> you know, next week Wednesday he's on the board like telling everybody how to do a rear naked choke. Yes. You know, but uh, like in those early days, I remember like having having the discussion with the main instructor who who owned the school. Like he would have this discussion with students at a certain point, like a couple months into training, when you start getting good, right? You 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 start like you start not messing up everything you do. You start to get a little bit of fluidity and a comfort. It's easy to get cocky, and I remember him having the conversation of like, listen. Um, you're not a teacher in this. You're an idiot. Yeah, yeah, and and accept that you're an idiot. Basically, yeah. you know, uh, saying that there's a lineage, and 
you don't teach this until you've been told you're ready to teach this because otherwise you're just going to water down our you're shit. You're going to ruin it. And we be- we believe in this. It's not just your YMCA, you know, Taekwondo class. This is something, a lineage that we believe deeply in. And so don't go around trying to teach it until, you know, I've told you you're a teacher. Dumb fuck. Did you add that in there? Because <laughs> no, he, was ta- he was talking to me. That, oh, I was going to say, did he add that in there? Uh, <laughs> yes, that, that's with everything. That's why there used to be, like, vetting out of the students. So you, you're going to teach someone. You want to make sure that you're not wasting your time, that they aren't going to become the insta-expert and destroy the thing you believe in by, you know, spewing forth their bullshit because they think they've got it because they're doing okay at it. It's just, you know, again, it's the same thing as diving. Right, the Insta experts well, yeah. they've got a year under their belt and they look pretty good in the water because they took the right classes and somebody showed them this is the right equipment, but they don't have any experience and they're spewing forth shit that they, sh- they should just shut, just shut up, just shut up and learn. Take the cotton out of your ears, stick it in your fat pie hole, you jackass. There he is, everybody. Those of you who are sending uh, emails wondering what happened to Brandon, he's back. What is he on, uh, Quaaludes or something? (laughs) I was was drinking decaf for a week or two. So I've got a couple ideas for a show. Hey, before we start, I just want to preemptively strike here to the people that are going to email about my last rant. Before you tell me some beginners are experts, you have no fucking idea what you're talking about, I'm going to tell you, no, you're wrong. That's the whole thing of boot camp, you know. The whole thing of boot camp is humble you. Humble you so you can learn. Humble you so you can become part of a team. There's no, you know, get rid of that fucking ego of yours for a little bit so you can learn that to come together as a team, you have to be part of the team. There isn't one person that's, you know, the all great almighty, and especially right in the beginning. Well, that's why, although this sounds like just another episode of the Great Dive Podcast, really this is an advertisement for next spring. We have an upcoming Scoot Camp. Great Dive Podcast, Scoot Camp. <laughs> you can join Corporal Brando and <laughs> Corporal Private Private Jamesy. <laughs> no, we're aren't we the drill instructors? Aren't we the DIs? TIs? Yeah, we're, yeah. So we're going to be like staff sergeants. Staff Sergeant Jamesy, General Brando. I'm not. I'm. Not, I'm. In, I'm in the field, baby. I work for a goddamn living. I'm a sir. Yes, sir. I'm gonna be about facing like something. <laughs> About yeah, you, hey! you, you, you ever learn how to about face underwater? I do it every day. That's what I'm talking about. And you really have to, when you're calling out your commands, you have to make the word barely distinguishable. You don't say about face. You say, hello, who? You say it like that. Hey, hey, who? To the ho, ho, hey. Yo, hey, who, hey, who, hey, who, hey. Uh, what did I say right there? Got it. I'll see you at the mess hall. <laughs> the old mess hall. I can remember back in those days, you have to, 
you know, you get your your chow, you get your food and chow hall, and you got to stand there at attention holding your food until your table gets filled up. So nobody sits down until the whole table has everyone there. And then you sit. And then you got like minute. <laughs> How'd you like that sound effect? Sounds, uh, <laughs> it sounds like uh, you're going to be prone for acid indigestion. Well, you would. But usually it's like you can't get enough in you. You're like, what? The? You leave starving. And then you double time it out of there. It sounds like you're burning more calories getting ready and getting away from the mess hall than, than you are consuming during the eating part. I believe you're correct. I believe you're correct. I think that's why a lot of people get, get skinny in boot camp, at least they used to. You know, double time everywhere, and then there's a pretty good amount of physical activity. I know it's not the Marines that are super into it, but, uh, but our days were full, man. It's good times. Good times. Sitting around in a in a room full of beds with uh, fifty guys in their underwear all day, polishing your boots. We we used to dive with a guy, old old Johnny, old Johnny Garrett. Oh, oh, Johnny Garrett. Who we would go up to Toby a lot with. Went down to went down to the Keys, diving in Florida with him with, with a bunch. We we one time stayed in these condos in the Keys. Right. Because I had been down with, with like a group of like eight guys, went down to the Keys. It was like one of the most life changing experiences for me at like nineteen or twenty years old, or whatever the hell I was. Right down, down, all just in a condo. Bunch of us out diving. A bunch of them went out fishing while we went diving. K bag grilling up mahi mahi on the out on the deck, and just good old times, right? So I lead a trip down. You know, years later. John gets his own condo. Yeah. All do, sleeps like 10, 12 people. Yeah, it's all for him. He, he, gets his, <laughs> he gets his own condo. I'm like, what yeah. do you mean you get in your own condo? He goes, he goes I was in the military, and yeah. I said, I will never sleep in a, in a room with a, with bunch a of bunch of guys it, ever yeah. again. Like, I, Dude. Done. I, I am 1,000% like so like, with John. I'm like, you got, I get you. I'll get you your own room yeah. in the car. He's like, no, I, I I'm never. I, <laughs> you don't get it, do you? <laughs> it brings back flashbacks yeah. of being yeah. in the Marine Corps, yeah. and I'm never doing it again. Oh, yeah, you don't, you don't want to live with people anymore after the service. I remember going over to the desert. I got reactivated. They take me over to the desert. I'm in a goddamn tent. with a, It's only 20 guys in this tent, but it's 20 guys, and we're all four feet away from each other, you know? Sleeping in sleeping bags, and one of the guys, all of, there were a bunch of snorers. I am not a snorer. I can say with utmost confidence, my wife tells me I'm not a snorer. But there are some guys that would fucking walls rattle. You're like, come on, man. Number one, right, the enemy's right. gonna find us. Okay, that's the first thing. So this guy has to die. He has we for the <laughs> sake of the unit, we have to sacrifice him. Either that or stick a goddamn cork up his nose or something. And that's the story of old Carl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember they were activating people. It was like, he's like 58, you know, he's like my age, going out to do the job I used to do. Uh, like, that guy's going to die. You don't haul bodies as you're running at that age and in that condition. Who knows what health conditions he had. I, I remember he couldn't walk far. But they were activating those people. You remember those days? I don't know how old you were. It was 90, 1991. No, I was I was in high school. 
yeah, you, so it wouldn't be in a, too much on your radar there. But so, hey, Brando, we did get an email from old Kicking Kyle, Frog Kicking Kyle, Frog Kicking Kyle, Frog Kicking Kyle was a man I knew. Kyle says, "Let me start off with I think the show is awesome." And I have picked up many things I am incorporating into my diving. Thanks, Kyle. He says, I only have my open water cert from one of the larger agencies. And I have heard your opinion on the people who, with in a few dives, get an advanced certification. Now, as a retired electrician, I have a different view that may be worth considering. He says, I went through an apprenticeship where I was shown how to do the basics of my job. After four years, I got my journeyman card. I knew I didn't have what it took to do every aspect of my job. That's when some of the hardest training started. I started reading everything I could and talking with those that had different experiences. He says, I see the dive certifications like this. The cert gave me the basic knowledge to dive. The advanced cert gives me a little bit more knowledge. It is my job to learn and go and do. I have to be smart enough to ask for help and learn as much as I can. I agree that the big agencies fill your head with visions of grandeur. And as a self-thinking adult, I have to realize that just because I read the comic book... I can't put a shirt with a big S on it and become a Superman. Please keep up the great content. I appreciate your humor and thoughts. I don't, I don't think that's different at all. I think that's pretty much what we're saying. But uh, thanks, Kyle. Yeah, appreciate you, uh, you writing in. and Yeah, I, I, I would agree. Uh, he says uh, he's a humble diver looking to always learn. And I think if... If you have that attitude and more divers have that attitude and more new people coming into anything have that attitude. Humility. Rather, hum- yes, exactly. Humility. I think that's kind of what we were talking about a little bit differently about. Uh, I took my basic knowledge class and I have since started posting on the Internet telling everybody <laughs> how they too should be diving the right way yeah just kind of you know in those beginning days and this is not directed at Kyle at all because he appears to have this down the the humility has to be there the humbleness put you know like I have said and I didn't invent the saying although I wish I did you know take the cotton out of your ears and stick it in your mouth just just shut up listen and look and use your senses to uh, receive information and then with a discerning eye, figure out what the hell's going on out there. There's a lot being thrown at you in life, period, but in diving as well, in particular, because that's what we talk about. We're trying to help uh, help folks see out of all that shit that's being thrown at you, there's a few things there that you need to pay particular attention to, and there's a few things out there that give away the quick, scammy, quick and easy learning experience which doesn't really give you anything of quality right um we get uh we get comments from time to time about being ultra hard on the industry in general 
but it's <laughs> I, I think it's, I think it's for that very reason because there is a lot of silly gimmicky stuff out there that people are not understanding that they're just throwing money at assuming that it's going to take care of of issues and we're and we're just trying to we're, we're, just, we're just trying to do that bring a little bit of honesty and humility back to some of the things oh i like that the honesty part especially where where or at what point did like uh as as they say in the the service did the worm turn for you where at what point was it like oh my fucking god this agency or these agencies this industry is run by greedy people that are not really into diving and I don't want to put it that harshly either. It's not everybody in the industry, but it's like this, the captain at the ship of the ship at the helm here. There's a priority in greed over quality, over safety. Even quality wasn't really the priority in teaching people. With quality comes enjoyment. So, when when was it for you, James? Was there a moment? I can look at a moment. It wasn't really the moment the worm turned, but it kind of was the moment when I was like, "Motherfuckers, I'm done with you." I had multiple classes that I had taken over the years that just left me feeling like I really wasn't any better prepared to go do the dives that I was just told I was allowed to go and do. In fact, I was getting cards that were telling me, go deeper than I had been in my training, Mm -hmm. go farther than I had been in my training. You know, I, I gave you a general understanding of it. Now go do whatever you want. (laughs) <laughs> keyword is general yeah yeah i mean my my wreck diving class was like that when i first did a wreck diving class my advanced nitrox and deco procedure class was like that when i first did that class you know i was just like left with 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 a certification that was telling me i could do something that i was was very unprepared to do but the the other thing there which is notable is the fact that you recognize this. You recognize that you weren't prepared to do the activities listed on that certification card, <laughs> even though you took the course and, and passed it with flying colors, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, because there, there was no failing. Yeah, there was no challenge to the course anyway. So, you know, you had to be physically unable to do the class in order to not pass. But if you got in the water, you're probably going to pass 99.9%. I was more looking at like, okay, so you started to see like there's something going on here. They're taking money for classes that aren't really preparing you for the type of diving they're saying they're preparing you for. At least I don't feel like they are. I know I didn't go to that depth in my training. I know I didn't accomplish anything during that training. (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, that that part is, you know, rampant and has been. For, for decades of you go to 61 feet and then you get a card that says you can go to 100. Right, exactly, uh, just because the standards allow it. So is that when it like clicked to you, like, okay, this industry isn't about making me a competent diver who enjoys the activity. It's about these silly-ass cards and selling more equipment. Did it turn there? Is that what you're saying? Or not really? Because I had a moment that I lost my fucking mind at. Go and, ahead. and people are like, really? <laughs> well, really, I could have told you that. It was, uh, you remember when insurance jumped for instructors up to uh, like two-thirds of what it was? Jumped from like three-something three to five-something. Well, yeah, because of 9-11. Right. That's, that's when I was like, what? what in the, how, do you, how do you even 
come around to justifying that with 9-11? Don't, don't say scuba instructor insurance is paying for those buildings or scuba instructors were flying airplanes in the buildings or scuba instructors had any fucking thing in the world to do with 9-11. There's lawsuits against scuba agencies now and scuba instructors because 9-11? The disconnect there was so so great for me that it would, like somebody hit me in the face with the bat and said, these cocksuckers are doing a money grab because they can. And they did. And they fucked us. Oh, yeah. And now, you know... The, you're conditioned to be. Oh yeah. When, when somebody says you only have to pay eight hundred for insurance, you're, you're, <laughs> yeah. you've been conditioned to be like, Ooh, oh wow, it's seven ninety nine. That's a steal. Um, Kyle said in his email that he saw the diving certification as being like, get your basics, and then you need to go out and earn that journeyman. Meaning the advanced certification and the experience building, but I don't think that is uh, what the the model that's projected to everybody is. This is where I, like you were saying that you think Kyle gets it because too many people take that card at face value and it says it says Superman right there. <laughs> Well, it's not only what it says, Jamesy. It's how it's sold by the person behind the desk at that local dive shop. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I know how it was sold when I, I was there. It's, it's, this is what you need. This is going to make you the best diver. This is going to really change your life. It's sold in open water class. Yes. Yes. I, I was an instructor in the late 90s and remember knowing everything and finally seeing what I would would call a real diver underwater was blown the fuck away. Like, wow, I don't have any of this. No, exactly. Like, what what have I been sold? Which put me on a, a, a quest of of real ability in the water. You know. But if if it uh, if you don't know what you don't know, and you're just told to sell this model, that's how that's how the program works. Yeah, if the local pros are telling you th- this is how you do it. They became the local pros by taking this class and a few others like it, and then they just came in and said, now we're the local pros. The average consumer believes they are the local pros, and they would know what they're talking about. And do you see how it's like it just keeps growing like that? It's like a, it's almost like a virus that gets transmitted. The teachers teach what they know, and if what they know is shit, because that's what they were taught, the shit virus keeps spreading. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so then... You know, it, it takes a few people, a few, you know, at one time were considered, you know, the outcasts and well, they're fighting. Odd, oddballs like like ourselves that said, whoa, whoa, I, I don't want to be grouped in with you with asshats. <laughs> I don't I, I don't want to be grouped in with this. Like like when it's taken as a joke and I'm over here taking it serious, that's that's insulting. It is. And you remember how how bad it was back then as far as the animosity projected towards you just because you went down a different path. Um, okay. Well, hey, Brando, that brings me to another email that we got in that says, bringing to life the last few episodes. And when, when did we receive this? I'm trying to think of which episodes. Or is, will he reference them? Uh, this was late October. 
Yeah, so this would have been like the episodes when we did the Advanced Diver Part 2, when we did the interview, you know, with uh, with our New York gang, the Illusion of Communication episode, like that, uh, that kind of stuff. Right. It's from Jorge, and he says that he and his wife finally got their cave diving uh, or, or lost their cave diving virginity. <laughs> and he says, uh, after a few ocean dives, uh, they asked if they could uh, do a little discover cave diving experience. And uh, the, the three of them put together and you know a plan and discussed the dive. He says it was going to be conducted in the cavern zone of Coeva de la Gul in Isla Plana, Morica, following the same protocols of uh, you know GUE and UTD cave diving. They're diving thirds on twins, laying line, light redundancy, no deco, and they're supposed to always be in the cavern zone, he says. He says, yes, I know this can be a little bit contentious but we also rehearsed the dive plan ad nauseum team roles formation emergencies contingencies we determined depths and routes and what to do if the shit hit the fan and it was the most daunting amazing and life-changing experiences of the last few years and also the most humbling slap in the face since i'd already taken fundies do you think you're a good diver because you can hover almost motionless? Because you can control your buoyancy in less than half a meter? Because you can plan your gas? He says, well, let me tell you, not enough when you're dealing with a silty bottom, a ceiling over you, and minimal restrictions. When you throw light management into the equation and taking a photo becomes a blinding experience that ends with me hitting the ceiling of the cave. Uh, he says, I came out of there excited, mesmerized, and humbled. I want more, but I need to work on it. No doubt. Training, quality education, dedication. There is no shortcut, bitch. No goddamn shortcut. As he throws an ode to Brando. <laughs> uh, so this is one of the things that I, that I would say, you know, he was up there diving with Sergi's crew, Sergi and Simone, up out of a, a UTD shop up in Spain, and he's been, you know, training with GUE along the way too. Um, but he, he makes a note, and I was just having a conversation with the guy, you know, about the the planning ad nauseum, you know, and how. This is one of the, I mean, th this is a dead giveaway, like what we were talking about earlier. Like, even somebody that goes through fundies that gets some quality trim and a back kick and, and can look good in the water and, and can finally not look like they're bouncing and rolling and making an absolute mess of everything, you're still <laughs> new, right? Mm -hmm. if, if you're taking 45 minutes to go through glad or sad or <laughs> GUE edge or whatever the hell, you, you know, uh, pre-dive plan you're doing. And 
Like, how many goddamn times are you going to discuss what's in what pocket? Like, mm-hmm. if if that's still like your protocol, you. I don't care how good a trim you got. I don't care how perfect of an ascent you had. You are still in the beginner phase and in, in the learning phase. <laughs> That's proof in the podium right right there, you know? Agreed. And, and I think that's what, what Jorge's saying is like, you know, so he's up there, you know, you know, Simone's taking him out. They're going to go do these dives. They're already really good, you know. Duh, I've been through fundies. Obviously, I know what buoyancy control is. <laughs> and then gets his ass kicked because the they're in a cave and the the flash from the camera strobes was enough to derail all of that good quality foundational training you got. But But that's kind of the point. And that's where he's saying at the end is like, no doubt, man, it's training, quality education, dedication, like keeping at it. Like, like that's the thing. And if you go back to what, you know, Kyle was just saying, too, that's that journeyman part that scuba is missing of of getting out and you've got to earn. Earn that through apprenticeship and diving experience building and getting all those good dives like and, and we had talked about this you know weeks ago too of like why is it that like in scuba everybody's so hell-bent on getting the high level certification as short and quickly as possible and just blowing right past all those important foundational experience building dives in the 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 100 foot range, rather than the, you know, it's it's selling the the class model of the, the, the weekend class is going to give you all of that because you'll have a card for it. You know, so you can go, you can do your two dives in 20 feet of water. Well, then you're obviously ready for 100 feet of water. And then, <laughs> you know, you one weekend later, you're ready for 130 feet of water. Well, you might as well, you know, be on a, you know, trimix rebreather next. Yeah, you're missing. Well, I, I think you're just missing the point. What What are you doing this for? <laughs> what are you doing this for? So, yeah, I mean... That's. I think that's the model the industry would like everyone to have, which is go take all the classes as soon as you possibly can, which the, there's a lot of downsides to that, and it doesn't make a very strong diver, nor is it very fun. It's just not that fun. Um, the enjoyment is out there diving, so... Well, yeah, so, I mean, and that's the part that's that's missed that I think you and I keep bringing to light that, we, you know, thankfully... You know, we don't get hate mail coming through these emails very often. Like 99% of the emails are, are like this, saying, man, I've learned a lot from yeah. you guys. Yeah. I appreciate what you guys are doing. Keep up the good work. Uh, you've really made me, you know, look at things in a different way. You know, and, and if we weren't getting emails like this, we wouldn't still be doing the show, I, I guess, Absolutely. at the end of the day. So, so people are, are starting to realize it. But you can equate this to, like, anything. I mean, and I look at it like learning to play the guitar. I mean, you could you could not know anything, take a basic guitar class, 
And then the guy, you know, show you plink, 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 how to pluck out, you know, stairway to heaven. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, by the way, next week, you know, <laughs> um, we're doing we're doing smoke we're doing on the, the water. Advanced. Yeah, we're doing yeah, we're doing smoke on the water next week. And after that, you know, we're doing Skinnered or, or whatever, you know. And then you're you're tech diving, you know, when you're doing, you know, Joe Satriani or or whatever the the the, the game is and and then, you know, sit around a, a a campfire and and play some tunes with a bunch of other musicians. And when all you can do is, uh, can we do Stairway to Heaven? Yeah, but if all of the other musicians are the same way, <laughs> you guys can do Stairway to Heaven all night long. Until somebody's, uh, you know, sitting there going, the hey, can you fucking hell are we doing? <laughs> Stairway to Heaven over and over. You've ruined that song for me. Well, I think that's the point. And, you know, that's why people get out of diving. Well, and when you walk into a guitar store, there's the joke of the sign being there, like forbidden riffs. Under, under no, <laughs> under no circumstances are you allowed, allowed to start plucking away at Stairway to Heaven. Yes, the you know when you plug riffs. in this brand new, you know, Les Paul into this full stack of Marshalls and echoing throughout this, we've all heard it a billion times. Don't do your shitty version of Stairway, Stairway to, Heaven. to Heaven. I think I think that's the same thing as what happens with when you're diving is. Like, if you really wanted to learn to play guitar, you would learn, and then you would you would practice and practice and practice and practice, and you would do variations of that. And I remember, you know, years ago hearing uh, this interview with Paul McCartney about, like, how, like, him and... Um, him and me Beatles. <laughs> him and me Beatles. A spot of tea him with and, me Beatles. Him and John and George, you know, they would take a, you know take a bus or whatever over to the the other side of Liverpool and like they knew of a guy that was going to show them this B minor chord you know like Mm -hmm. they'd have to journey over to like learn this little this new chord and and they would learn it and they would practice it with and then they would like come back home and they just like they just mess with it for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks it's what artists do man that's what an artist does. That's, That's exactly my point. Right. Exactly. There's, and I, I guess what you and I keep coming back to, it's, or at least I'm, I'm going to say like what I come back to, I'm not going to answer for yourself, but that's all I'm saying is I'm not sitting there wanting to like break down and beat down the, the industry from how it developed with strictly a money-making model. I get it. I understand it. Uh, all I'm trying to do is bring the art back to it of there was a time when diving w- was artful because there wasn't a big industry built around it. Like you had to dive with people that knew stuff to learn stuff because there wasn't a, there wasn't a focus on there's 27 certifications that you can take. You got to try to get them all. There was one, maybe two. And the only way you got better was by actually spending time in the water diving with people who were better divers than you, that knew more than you, that you could learn from and intern with and journeyman your way to better diving ability with. Agreed. And I'm not trying to beat the industry into a pulp. I am trying to, you know, I'm on, I work under the idea that they're a monster that you have to punch in the face to get their attention, okay? Literally, you have to beat them with a club for them to go, well, wait, maybe there's 
there's something we're missing. They're just a Goliath. That's the only reason I'm so I'm so harsh. I get it. You know, money, you, you have to have money. You have to make money in order for business to thrive. And you, if you want the industry to thrive, you need it to be financially uh, viable. It has to work. A, a market plan has to work. My comment on it is they're so far to the greed side, and that's evidenced by the shit classes that are out there. Well, yeah, that's yeah. I get what you're saying is that they need to wake up and realize that what they've been doing for the last 30 years has taken them to the point where the first thing a student wants to do is learn on YouTube rather than from an instructor because they know that they can get better knowledge on YouTube than spending and mo- spending money on a class that's going to give them nothing for real. Yeah, well, they're pushing that huge. I mean, um, they're taking the human out of it. And I get it. They're like, oh, the human is the point of error. Robots do not make mistakes. But you push the human out of it, it's just an online class. You can go do those right now in open water. And you have a minimal interaction with an instructor. To me, there's an issue there. There's a problem there. And they blame it on human error. Instructors make errors, and it's better this way. I would say not if you have good instructors. Correct. The instructor should always be better than the video that you're watching <laughs> like uh the, the otherwise why are you an instructor <laughs> exactly and that's that's where we've we've gone to for sure yeah yeah um well he also says in this he says a little note on communication we had a funny experience on our last dive and i'd love to hear your opinion about it he says finishing an ocean dive we decided to do a quick little basic five practice We do this regularly, but this was the first time that we did it wearing winter hoods. Son of a bitch. You're one of those people, Jorge. Oh, you warm water diving pants. We don't talk to warm water diving pants. He is prejudiced, James. He is prejudiced because he referred to it as his winter hood and not just his hood. Right, right. (laughs) Because, James, do you have a winter hood and a summer hood? I've got my beanie. (laughs) I've got my beanie. I've got a hood, and I wear it all year long. <laughs> right. He says, this detail is very important. So he's uh, you know, stabilized at about four meters, goes through his first couple skills, you know, reg removal, uh, reg recovery, reg switch, mod S, no issues. He gets to the, the mask clearing, mask removal skills at the end, mm-hmm. and he struggles to flood his mask because uh, of the, the ceiling of the hood is, is too good for it. Right, so he can't even... Yeah, I mean, so it gets he, in the way of sealing the he mask. He doesn't just... Yeah. Like, normally he's just re- used to reaching up, grabbing, open the open the mask up, water comes in, clears it. But now he hits a little stumble because right, he's trying to, trying to get the mask, but the, the hood's in the way, so he's going to get under the hood. So w- what he says is he managed to get it done, but then he removed his mask, and he had a lot of issues to put it back on and seal it again under the hood. And he didn't manage that so well, and at a certain point, he gave up, gave the thumbs to end the dive, right? But so there, so there he is. He, he can't see. He can't get his mask back on. He's just like, screw it, thumb it, let's go up. And she's there going, no, 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 we're going to get through this. Uh, signaled for him to stay submerged, let's resolve the issue. But obviously he can't see that because he doesn't have a mask on to see. So 
So long story short, he says, I finally lost control of buoyancy. Shame, 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 and, and surfaced. He says the question to answer was, how would you signal your team member that you're not capable of resolving an issue? And he, she, it, or whatever, you know, was has to help take command, and in this case, to help me come up cleanly. Yeah, do I, do I got tips? Do I got tips? Oh, you're damn right I got tips. Uh, first tip is uh, uh, shout out to Sergi and Simone. I, I, I've been telling my wife, like, like I we got to get over to Spain. Like, my wife wants to go to Mallorca, and he, he, he gives a shout out saying, you guys are going to love it. Um, that's an area that I want to get over too bad. The diving over there seems super kick-ass. Kick so I think he's already doing something right by being over there diving with them. And the, this does sound good. But I, I'm going to explain to him how, like, exactly where things went wrong. And they stem from the fact that he's forgetting the importance of breathing. Agreed. And and the issue that he's having has nothing to do with the hood. The issue that he's having has nothing to do with the mask. The issue that he's had was because he changed his breathing pattern because he started to think about the hood is different this time because I'm wearing my oh. winter hoodie. I've got my winter hoodie now, and it changed his <laughs> thinking pattern because – so when he goes up to get the mask, he goes, oh, shit. He's taking that time to think about, oh, shit, it's different this time. And his breathing patterns changed. And what people need to realize is that it's your breathing that's controlling all of your buoyancy. And if that breathing pattern changes, you've screwed it all up. You done and screwed then you're the gonna pooch. Have to, you done screwed the pooch. You done fucked you done up, eh, Ron? screwed the proverbial pooch. Because as you start to think and you hold your breath and ponder what way to grab the mask and the hood, by that point, well, two, three, four, five seconds later, your buoyancy is going to change, your trim is going to change, and then it's a, by that point, you've got to do so many things to fix it that that's why... You're crashing into the ceiling. That's why you're crashing into the floor. That's why you're breaking trim. And then when you've given up and you're like, oh, shit, uh, let's just go up. And you now you start to, the anxiety builds up a little bit and you start huffing in a little bit of a bigger breath because you, you might have gotten a little water in your nose. Uh, you struggle to get the mask on over the hood and you pull the hole down and all your hair comes pulling out and, Right, and then you take a bigger breath, and next thing you know, when you're doing this, in here in his case, you know, uh, three, four meters, you know, all it takes is a couple of you know breaths to go up a meter or two, and now the, the gas expands in the wing, the suit expands, and next thing you know, you're on the surface. You went exactly where I knew you would go with that because almost every single problem where you lose, I shouldn't say almost. Every single time you lose your buoyancy control when you're fiddling with something, when you're fiddling with the mask clear, when you're fiddling with camera, when you're fiddling with any kind of problem, it's your breathing changes, which makes your buoyancy change, which makes you lose control. 
And the fact that you had no vision, no visual reference makes it a lot easier to lose control because you're relying solely on the pressure in your ears pretty much to tell you when you're losing buoyancy control, which isn't as sensitive as, say, your vision where you could see, hey, I'm going up, I'm going down. And, of course, you're completely focused in that mask. So, yeah, 100% dead on. It's always that way. I think of, like, when, uh, like, a little screw or something will fall out of, uh, say, a reel or whatever, something small, and you're, like, you're having to fix it underwater. Uh, very easy time to lose buoyancy control because you got, and then you got dry gloves on, you got a little tiny screw on. I was just thinking this, this, was, this happened not too long ago with us. I can't remember what it was. Do you remember? And you were you were there, and I'm fumbling with this thing, but our buoyancy never fluctuated. We stayed right there, and it, it was a problem like it could have been a fucking 20-minute problem. But because we weren't moving all over the fucking place in the water, we were, it, we were able to just you know take care of that. And afterwards, I was like, that's a great measure of 15 years ago had that happened. It had just been like, fuck it. I gathered the, up the piece of equipment, threw it in my pockets, and I'm done. We're not fixing it here. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I hear you. I hear you. It, it's like um, it's like you look at somebody like working on, on something at home and, and trying to get the little screw into the opening right. screwdriver, <laughs> yeah. right? Or you got the little finished nail and you got the hammer, right? It, it's – you don't even think about stopping, you know – biting your tongue your tongue sticking out you're holding you're holding <laughs> yes. your breath to stay perfectly still mm-hmm. while you get that placement and and whack the job or whatever it is that you're doing that cannot exist underwater yeah because if you if you do that underwater you've blown your buoyancy to hell so the the reason you're inhaling and exhaling is to maintain perfect buoyancy all the time and if you continue to have good buoyancy control, you'll also stay alive because you're getting rid of carbon dioxide and breathing in new oxygen. But the reason you're doing it is for buoyancy control. You can't mess that up. I mean, what are you going to do? Because you, you listen to you know the classes that he's in and what he wants to do. So you know, you know okay, so you want to go deep. You want to go far into this cave, meaning you're going to have decompression to do. What are you what are you gonna do when you have a mask issue and you're sitting there at twenty feet on pure O2? Yeah, you can't go up. Right. And you well And you can't go down. One, you, you, <laughs> yeah, one, you can't go down yes. or you're gonna tox out. Two, you can't go up because you got another fifteen minutes of decompression to do. Like you you got to deal with it. So you, we come to like the second part of his question is like, so what do you do? How do you signal a team member that you're not capable of resolving the issue that you need them to help take command and that's where like what i want to address to him is is this is the issue that like you and i go back to and we say like no matter how much we say you know the essentials class is so important and how important the fundamentals is and this is why we got so much shit and if we ever got any hate mail it was because of talking about that recreational two class and all we're trying to say is 
you got to have all this basic stuff down so that you can learn the next level is this very thing of like, yeah, you finally have good buoyancy control. You finally have good trim. You finally have good skills until you get put into a situation where I, as an instructor, need to be able to show you that they can still break down. No matter how good your kick is, no matter how good your skills are, you're still a baby. Like You're still learning all this stuff. So that's what, uh, yeah, that's what a critical level skills are. That's what comes after the essentials, the, the foundational skills. That's the beginning. Yeah, you mentioned all, so a great point here to, to kind of bring up is, so you mentioned you, you have that buoyancy control down. You have that trim down. You have some propulsion techniques down. You can clear your mask. You can reach your valves. You can do those that skill set. You have it down to a level where, hey, it's okay to progress forward. What happens in the progression is you now you go diving with those skills. So here's the thing. In those fundamental classes, I know you try to teach it, and I know I've tried to teach it, is you try to teach that mindset of be, doing all these skills while being aware of your team, your environment, and your equipment in case there's a breakdown. Now, putting that into application, that takes the other major component that really needs, this is the responsibility of the diver, not the instructor, your brain. You have to think while you're underwater. You can't just swim around in perfect trim and holding your stop and clearing a mask if you have to. You need a brain to think, what are my priorities all the time? You're constantly prioritizing. Uh, where do I need to be looking? Where do I need to be going? Where am I? Those kind of things. And that's what those next level classes are there to do is to get you thinking in that direction. Yeah. And you got to like you got to realize and your teammate has to realize that the dive has an ending written already in the story. And no matter how inconvenient or what new character pops up in the story, <laughs> right, we, we still, we still got to get through the mm-hmm. ending, right? Like, we still got to, you know, blow up the Death Star. You know, we no got to have a happy you know, ending somehow. It's yeah, like no a massage what, parlor. You, know. we, we, you paid for the happy ending. <laughs> exactly, right? So, like, like, you and I know that the mask has to get back on. You have to maintain buoyancy because that stop needs to be maintained because we have to decompress. Otherwise, it's we're going to the hospital. That's that's not in the story that we wrote. We, yeah, we that, don't that's want not that what, That's not what we've been putting all this work and all this practice and all this training and all this experience into application for. We put this for, together for the very fact of shit goes wrong and we, 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 we can't get the mask out. We have to stay calm enough. Number one, that our breathing doesn't change, that we can work through getting the mask all the way on, no matter what. And that's just going to take time and practice. And clearly we see something that, you know, you and your wife are going to do on like every dive from now on is we need to get this down so it goes smoothly and that we can move from eyeball to eyeball communication to touch communication Yes. Right. This is this is where we need to enact and practice that touch communication so that, you know, that you're still maintaining depth. Right. Because she's communicating that to you. You know that your hood is back in place and that your mask is 
back in place because that's being communicated to you. You drop your mask. You, you can get another one. She can get you another one. Get yours back in your, whatever the case is that you know where you're at at all times. You know where you are in the environment. You know where you are with your dive buddy, your teammate in the water. You know where you are with the equipment that you have that you need, that you organize all that no matter how bad or inconvenient it gets, and you finish the dive properly. Yeah, so exactly to sum up the answer to this question, how do you communicate You know that you can't do the skill? I would say it's kind of the wrong question with this in particular. So you got two options here. You continue to try to put this mask on or you tell her the mask is fucked. In which case, you either get the spare out, she gives you a spare, or you say you're going up. Like if you were, if this were happening on a real dive, you're at 150 feet, your mask is fucked. You haven't got time to sit there and fuck with it. You have to start your ascent, right? right you yeah. wouldn't, you wouldn't be down there like, oh, we're not going to go up till we get our our mask on. So she would have to do the touch communications, like James said, and that's that's something I'm sure you've been introduced to. I don't know exactly where Jorge's at in in that training level. And I'm, I know we used to teach it a bit in uh, in fundies. I don't know if they do that anymore how to bring somebody up with no mask and do deco stop or safety stops, whatever you want to call them. That's exactly the point of what we were having in that discussion about recreational level two and, and classes post essentials classes, post fundamentals is that's where the real training comes in. That's not, that's not the end all be all because you got good trim. That's the beginning. Like you, we, we can't learn to do stuff like this until you already know that you can sit there in perfect trim and perfect buoyancy and rock out, you know, do uh, these, these, these basic skills, yeah. you know, uh, mod ass valve drill, mass removal replacement without my cold water hoodie. Right. Okay. The next thing we do is you, we tax it up a little bit with, now put on your hood or or let's go and we have these issues just out of out of nowhere they start to occur the necessity for them right that's where the real training really becomes you have to become a thinking diver so you have to take those skills that skill set and apply it to real circumstances correct and that's going to that's what your instructor level is supposed to be giving you post Post learning the, the the basics, you got to get those basics down, and then okay, now let's let's move to a, another environment, another place in the water column where where you have to do it, but there's there's more realness to it. Like you can't just you can't just give up. And there's a time constraint, as in all diving. There's a time constraint, so you have to think: Do I want to waste time at this depth versus the other depth? And yeah, you know, yeah. So that's like where, that. like, like, yeah. Once you're learning buoyancy, balance, trim, propulsion techniques, you, 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 you got your own personal skills. You can do air shares. Uh, you can maintain buoyancy. You can do air shares. You can, you know, blow SMBs. Uh, you can, uh, you know, deal with no masks. You know, on, on a beginning level. Well, then you move into those higher levels of where. They're not done on a ready, set, go basis. They're they're just they occur because of a necessity. And and like you said, if you're at 150 feet, at, you you've got you know 30 minutes worth of decompression gas with you. Well, you can't sit down there and rack up 45 minutes of decompression uh, when you're only carrying 30 minutes of decompression gas. You got you got to know when you got to to bail. 
Exactly. So that's where that thinking part comes in. And then the yeah. more complex diving, the more complex thinking and prioritizing because there can be more than one answer sometimes, but there's always a best answer, almost always. But um, yeah, that's the differences. That's, that's why, you know, these people that can take a picture in good trim and that's about it. That's, it, it's not, it's not just that. Right, right. Exactly. Exactly. It, it's being able to think, you know, and it, this is uh, this is a, a good experience for them to have had Absolutely. in a very controlled place. And uh, I'm, I'm glad he sent us that question uh, and this really cool email about bringing to life these last few episodes, he said in the subject there, uh, which, again, we're back when we were doing that, the illusion of communication and, and the, the recreational two stuff. It's a perfect example, right? It's the, you know, the same thing like you and I see with, you know, students when you're doing an ascent drill and somebody's got a, a failed gauge and, inst- you know, and they'll spend 15 minutes waiting for someone else to <laughs> read their take, mind take over <laughs> the, mind. <laughs> take over a role right it's it's that's what communication is right yes. it's not just giving a, an okay signal back and forth in perfect trim it's the ability to think and, and change on the on the fly can you uh you know envision what your partner is seeing when you communicate to them underwater and, uh, you know, when we would have classes and especially in the night class in the rec two, you know, the night dive and some of the, uh, the use of the lights, you know, you, you tell them, listen, you've got to illuminate your hand when you give a hand signal, but they would illuminate like from behind their hand right into the face of the other diver, <laughs> just right. some things like that. Or they wouldn't illuminate their hand at all. And they're giving hand signals up to yin yang, and I'm like, nobody can see that. You know that <laughs> as I'm watching. Right. Yes, you giving a signal is not communicating. Right. A a message. Right. You have to sit there and, and take it. Everything, every signal you give, you have to give with the assumption of can they understand can they what I'm it? doing? Can they <laughs> see it? Like it's like if you and I were talking to somebody and and you saw them like, you know tilt their head to yeah. the side like a like a golden retriever you yeah. know and, and an eyebrow like raise up uh, clearly they they're not they getting don't it. Underst- right. they don't understand what the hell you're saying you you can't just sit there and go well i said it you should know it you're gonna have no. to take a breath and and rethink of a better way a, a more simpler way to get this verbal right. communication through that they understand what's going on so envision or imagine being on the receiving end of your own communication. I mean, that, that to me is pretty cut and dried. Like when I'm communicating, is my communication very, very uh, understandable? Is it, in other words, is it large and grandeur where they can, I'm really being clear like yours are, very much so. Nobody is, is unclear on what you're saying down there what you're trying to get across. It's almost, I always say, I like to scream at people underwater with my communication. As a matter of fact, that's what people used to say to me as you were yelling at me to do something. And I was like, well, first of all, I will, I'm, I have a regulator in my mouth. No, 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 you're, you're like... It was your hand signals were like this. <laughs> no, 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 man, like, you're like, first off, I was. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you were reading my mind because yes... Well, we got one more. Let's, let's do one more little email okay. here real quick. 
this is from a Desavage. 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 He says, just like to say how much I'm enjoying your podcast. Funny and informative, especially the no fins story. I'm a new starter and was pushed to dive with Patty after listening to the podcast. I think I might. I think I've made the right move by learning through BSAC instead. I feel they take you through the basics and really make sure the skills are present and correct before moving you on to its. Uh, before moving you on, it's more of a family, so they like to keep members for the long haul. Plenty more to listen to and stay safe. Cheers. Nice. Des Savage. Des Savage. Des Savage. Um, and uh, I, I think he's talking about my my early no fin story uh, up uh, back in my early days of teaching when I had uh, we were diving with Jimmy, the paralyzed guy. Remember? And right. Like, well, J- Jimmy doesn't have fins. Jimmy doesn't need fins. And I got I got I got peer pressured into jumping in and doing that dive <laughs> on the Arabia with no fins on. <laughs> <laughs> which uh, uh, I immediately regretted. So regretted. But I'm regretting um, I would like to say uh, that although, um, you know, what he's saying about, about getting pushed to start with Patty and then moving on to BSAC, again, we always go back to I don't necessarily jump out and say that it's the, the agency right, in general. Right, I think we've been pretty good about that, haven't we? I mean, obviously, I, I, people can guess so. what mean, we're talking I, about, but yeah, I, I think it's really easy to generalize and people to hear something and make a generalization of of what we're saying uh, about always going towards the 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 big guys out there. But I think when we talk about the big guys, I don't necessarily mean this every single one of them as a whole, you know. It, it's you know I look at it the same way you know talking about these agencies as when uh, people say like we're going to you know when the, our government tells us we're going to war with another country like like well, like every single one of them like yes I have no qualms with those people we have to hate yeah. every single yeah. person over there like well that's the idea they no, want man you know so and I think uh, scuba. The scuba industry has has set itself up for that a lot of way, where it is industry versus, or I should say, agency versus agency so much of the time. Versus at the end of the day, we're all just want to go underwater and blow bubbles, and we want to be safe, and we want to have a good time doing it at the end of the every single dive we do. Not some of them, not a few of them, every single one of them. And if you're an instructor that's able to impart that training promote high levels of experience in between certification classes uh expect a level of performance and not just move past to the next level without proof of that performance i don't care what letters you're you're signing off on the card you're you're on the right track in my opinion Right. It's just difficult to be that type of instructor with 100 dives under your belt, that kind of thing. I mean, so if that's your minimum qualifying, you know, uh, characteristic of your entry level instructorship. uh, It's going to be hard. It's going to be tough to to produce what we just mentioned, what you just mentioned. And 
And I think the other thing is you have to make money. I don't want that to come out like I don't get that. I just come out against greed because they want everything so damn fast and they skip over the good parts and they skip over quality. It's greed over, it's money over quality is the problem. That's why I call it greed. So I think you could do everything, still have a good size agency, but you're going to have to slow the roll here, slow the training Spend some time on quality, find out what works, what doesn't work, and, you know, make that the emphasis, not the gathering of cards and buying of equipment, the emphasis. It's a little too goddamn in-your-face greed right there, isn't it? Yeah. I was just going to say, there's a comment on our SoundCloud, James. I'll read that one. It's in regards to um, episode 235, which we were just referencing, which is the illusion of communication. And um, FKS, I don't know who FKS S is, but he wrote, spot on, gents. The, we won't say the agency, Advanced Open Water Course, should be restructured. A minimum number of dives, 25. And focused on advanced diving skills of balance, trim, buoyancy, comms, teamwork, gas planning, and confidence building exercises. That sounds like the essentials, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> right. And uh, I... I, I get what FKS is saying, but it's it's never going to happen in a two-day advanced open water class. Right. You know, 25 dives allows the diver to leave the dive shop and may go to another dive shop, may not come back in for 25 dives. Whereas, right. And there's no dive shop in America that's willing to risk that. No, they, like, they got you, man. There's no way they're going to risk letting you go to a, and explore around a little bit. Until they get, you know, that advanced class and that gear package sold. Like, that's the model. I was going to say that's also because, James, they're going to leave that dive shop. They might go look at other dive shops that offer, oh, you can take this class right now. Right? Not 25 dives. Yeah. So balance, trim, buoyancy, communication, teamwork, gas planning, confidence building exercises. Uh FKS is, is to you like that is that is the focus of of what the essentials is and which is basically redoing a beginner scuba class properly what we would consider properly yeah is, is really what you know I mean that's been the the cornerstone of the education you and I have been doing for the last 15 to 20 years now is there's a need for it because people are leaving their advanced certifications without any of this. People are leaving their goddamn instructor class without any. Of this. <laughs> I was going to say that, that's why <laughs> that that's why you and I have been you know employed as private independent you mm-hmm. know scuba instructors for these last you know many years is we're we're doing this very thing and, and you're not getting it in the advance because the advance isn't there to make you an advanced diver the advance there is to sell you another level of curriculum to keep you in the money cycle of an agency yes it's it's some new gear it's a flashlight for uh under uh, the night diving it's a compass it's uh maybe some cold weather cold water gear maybe a dry suit who knows but it's more gear um and it doesn't the class is just not intensive. It's not an intensive class at all. It's a uh, go go diving with an instructor in some different environments. And some of the environments, the instructor doesn't even have to be in the water. <laughs> Sorry. I've heard that. <laughs> we haven't been playing our normal intro lately. And uh, 
some of our newer listeners might not even know what that's from. But but the the instructor doesn't even have to be in the water, man. True facts. Well, thanks, FKS. I'm I'm glad you get it. He's sent us actually a bunch of comments on a bunch of the shows. So he's uh, he's been uh, listening a bunch and commenting a bunch. So thank you very much for that one. Uh, but but this one hits home too. I guess uh, let's let's call it there. Uh, this is going to be uh, already stretching out. So this is going to be another listener mail episode everybody i like so this fks doing- guy i hate to interrupt you james i just saw some. i just i just read some of his other comments i hadn't seen these oh he's a brando lover he definitely is fks you just went up a notch in my book <laughs> <laughs> but hey um keep your mail coming people we do listen to him uh it, it's hard to to sit down and like physically type and answer all of these uh it's just uh, there's not enough time in the damn day or week or month to get to a lot of them we appreciate we really really do appreciate every one of these that comes in so if we can answer them on a show i I guess we'll do that all right everybody hey yeah keep them coming in and uh on that that was a great dive and it felt like we had even more dive buddies with us on that dive because these emails felt like real dive buddies this was like a group dive with uh with some like-minded uh individuals that that seemed to want to get the most out of their diving so yes it was great it was great having uh this little episode this was not the episode we planned either so no we really wanted to talk about more boring old grandpa stuff about the great <laughs> storm of 1913 but uh <laughs> typical november stuff we can do that next week right yeah, yeah, November's still here. So, all right, everybody, we will talk to you next week. Safe diving, folks.